Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 155 of this podcast. Thank you again for joining us and we are going to be continuing our study of June the 1st to June the 7th covering the chapters of Alma chapter 5 and 2 chapter 7. Have you experienced this mighty change in your hearts? We're going to conclude the study section today, which is entitled, I Must Experience and Continue to Feel a Mighty Change of Heart. And that is found in Alma chapter 5, verses 14 to 33. If you remember yesterday, we got to verse 21 and we had to stop because of time. Uh, We might have a more reasonable uh, timed episode today. We usually aim to keep it just under 10 minutes. Uh, Don't always manage it. Maybe sometimes it's 10, 11, 12 uh, minutes. But uh, usually we try and keep this as bite-sized as we can, so you can listen to it in your daily study of the uh, Come Follow Me um, materials and week. So, as I said, we are in Alma chapter 5. I'm going to go down to Alma chapter 5, verse 26. Um, I mean, Alma asks a number of questions about reflecting upon ourselves and what position we are in at this stage and how we need to rely on our Saviour. Uh, And in verse 26, he says, And now behold, I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I I would ask, can ye feel so now? So he's basically saying that those people who have said, yes, I have felt this change of heart, I have had this change of heart, Alma is saying, well, can you feel it now? And this brings into the question, to the point, that all of us should be seeking to have a continual change of heart through our lives. And uh, we should be seeking to have these experiences which change us on a regular basis. Uh, When we listen to talks in sacrament meeting or things like that, we often hear of, you know, big life changing experiences that people have on their missions. And that's fantastic. You know, that's wonderful to share those. But have you had an experience like that in the last couple of years? Uh, I'm not suggesting we should be having one every week because I think that's unreasonable and unattainable. Um, I would even suggest that maybe once a month is still, you know, unlikely. Uh, but, you know, and, and and I'm not placing a time limit on these things, of course. I, I God is the one who is the timekeeper. It's his schedule that things are on. It may well be that some of you do experience this mighty change each week, but maybe when you partake of the sacraments, and that is wonderful. Uh, I know that I'm not quite yet at that stage yet, though. Uh, so the question is, you know, how can we make sure we, we sing the song of redeeming love constantly? Um, the, the, the fact is, the answer is we have to work at it. We have to do our best to keep the commandments as much as we can. And we have to remember that whilst we are trying to keep the commandments, we will not be perfect at it. We need to be humble and recognize we must invite the savior in this process through the sacraments and through faith and repentance. Um, it's interesting because some ways say, well, you know, I'm, I've, I've been born again and God loves me, so I'll be okay. Um, you know, his his love covers all. His love covers all people, so it'll be all right. Um, this redeeming love um, is an interesting um, statement or an interesting concept. Elder D. Todd Christopherson spoke about it, and uh, he, he talked about how the sense that God's love is unconditional is not completely true. We sometimes call his love unconditional, and yes, there is to a degree where, you know, well, he loves us all no matter what we do, But to say that his love is unconditional is not quite right, according to Elder D. Todd Christofferson. He said, quote, There are many ways to describe and speak of divine love. One of the terms we hear often today is that God's love is unconditional. While in one sense that is true, the descriptor unconditional appears nowhere in Scripture. Rather, his love is described in Scripture as great and wonderful love, perfect love, redeeming love, and everlasting love. 
These are better terms because the word unconditional can convey mistaken impressions about divine love, such as God tolerates and excuses anything we do because his love is unconditional, or God makes no demands upon us because his love is unconditional, or all are saved in the heavenly kingdom of God because his love is unconditional. God's love is infinite and it will endure forever, but what it means for each of us depends on how we respond to his love. Close quote. And that caused me to pause because I had used the phrase unconditional love many times before uh, to to describe God's love. And yes, as Elder Christopherson said, whilst this is true in the sense that he loves all his children no matter what, the, the results of what we receive from his love depends on what we do. In verse 27, uh, it says, Have you walked keeping yourselves blameless before God? Could you say if you were called to die at this time within yourselves that you have been sufficiently humble? that your garments have been cleansed and made white through the blood of Christ, who will, who will redeem his people from their sins. Um, interesting, I love the phrase, redeem his people from their sins, not in their sins, because that'll be important uh, when we get to a discussion between um, Amulek and Zedrum later. Um, but blameless. Um, I've always kind of understood the word blameless to be, you know, you're making all the right choices and you're, you've reached a point now where you're not, you know, sinning or, or making big, uh, bad choices anyway. Um, but that isn't completely what blameless means or what, or, or what being blameless means. Um, S. Michael Wilcox, Wilcox explained it in this way, quote, let us to begin by defining this justification as the scriptures define it. The Book of Mormon is particularly helpful because it often substitutes other words for the term. One of these words is guiltless. Another is blameless. These terms are usually used to identify a person or group who have been forgiven of sins. Alma asks, have you walked keeping yourself blameless before God? The Bible often uses the term justification when describing the same doctrine, close quote. Now, to me, that's a more comforting uh, understanding because, you know, to think that I should be blameless before God, I've got many things that I would be easily blamed for before God. And so that worried me a little bit. But when we understand that it's actually another word for um uh, another word for justification or sanctification, where we are sanctified or justified in God's presence because of our Saviour, then I know that that's okay, because our Saviour can do anything uh, to, to help us be prepared for that state. Speaking of which, in verse 28, we are taught, it talks about when we will meet our, our God. It says in verse 28, behold, are ye... Oh, actually, before I go on to that, yes. Um, of course, my um, my feeling that... I'm not quite blameless yet, is right though. Because if there is honestly anyone listening to this podcast who says that they feel blameless before God, that's wonderful. But then maybe that's why Alman asks the next question. Could you say if you were called to die at this time within yourselves that you've been sufficiently humble? So perhaps, you know, we need to understand a balance. We shouldn't beat ourselves up, obviously, but we shouldn't be sat there saying, well, I'm absolutely fine. I'll be perfectly fine. Um, because, you know, what, no matter what, Perhaps we should. I mean, I don't know. That's just where I'm sitting on that right now. It may well be in a, in a number of years' time. I think, well, do you know what? We can feel like, yes, I am blameless. I am sufficient. I am, you know, justified in God's presence. But as long as that's only because we have our Savior who is, uh, you know, our support in that. We often think of the question, the last question in the Temple Recommend interview questions, you know, do you feel you're worthy to enter the Temple, the, the temple of the Lord? And, you know, the number of times people kind of sit there and go, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, they've just answered this whole list of questions, which of course doesn't make them perfect if they are able to say yes or the correct or the appropriate response to those questions. But it does mean that they are prepared. Um, but 
I love the idea that I heard of one person saying, com- com- complete confidence, yes, I am, because my saviour has, has made it so. Uh, and perhaps we need to have a bit more faith in that um, that promise. In verse 28, it says, Behold, are ye stripped of pride? I say unto you, if you are not, you are not prepared to meet God. Um, he talks about being prepared to meet God. And Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett said this, quote, In one sense, this meant to the Nephites that Christ, the king of all the earth, would come into mortality. In another sense, it means that each of us, as we face the time of death, must reckon with ourselves in regards to the, communication, the commandments of God. That is, we know not the day nor the hour in which our experience in mortality will end. Be it a few years or many, as mortal count them, the time spent on earth will seem all too short. Close quote. My brother is on his um, mission right now in Russia, and uh, I was speaking to him yesterday, and he's literally just reached the 11-month mark, and he just can't believe it. You know, it's uh, he's almost halfway through. Um, and when I sit and think when I was sat in the... Um, the bishop's office in, in the YSA ward, um, you know, um, just on, just over a year ago. It's absolutely crazy to think that he's, you know, almost halfway done with that. And life, I'm sure, will feel the same way uh, once we get back uh, to, to where we are going after this. In verse 33, finally, uh, Alma says, Behold, he sendeth an invitation unto all men, for the arms of mercy are extended towards them, and he saith, Repent, and I will receive you. What a beautiful phrase to finish off this section, that if we need to have a mighty change of heart, we need to put that effort in. But the Saviour will say, uh, and always says, repent and I will receive you, no, no matter what. You are not beyond my love. Um, President Russell M. Nelson said this, quote, Rich meaning is found in the study of the word atonement from Semitic languages of Old Testament times. In Hebrew, the basic word for atonement is kapar, a verb that means to cover or to forgive. We might even surmise that if an individual qualifies for the blessings of the atonement through the obedience to the principles and ordinances of the gospel, Jesus will cover our past transgressions from the Father. Closely related is the Aramaic and Arabic word kafat, meaning a close embrace, no doubt related to the Egyptian ritual embrace. References to that embrace are evident in the Book of Mormon. One states that the soul have redeemed my soul, and another proffers the glorious hope of our being clasped in the arms of Jesus, close quote. And it's true. So many times in the Book of Mormon, we, we read accounts of the Saviour's arms being extended, his arms being open, and his arms of mercy being around us. Uh, and what a wonderful image that is. Let's, let's have that prayer this evening where we ask for that embracing feeling of the, the arms of mercy from our Saviour and how much comfort will we, will we receive from that. Anyway, we went over. I'm sorry about that. wasn't expecting that. Uh, but yes, I hope you've enjoyed the study today. Uh, if there is anything you've been studying, please do share it. I'd l- I love to hear from listeners. Uh, and sometimes I feel a little bit lonely. Uh, I know many of you are listening. We've had over 5,000 listeners on CastBox now and, and such. So uh, if there is anything you've been studying, please share it. You can email me, um, session at gmail.com. And there is, of course, the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, uh, where I share um, a, something every day. Uh, and it'd be great to hear from others and their thoughts as well. And of course, if you're interested in being part of a future podcast episode uh, via Zoom or something like that, so we can study together and just record a quick 10 minutes together and you can feature on a future episode, then please do let me know through either of those ways. Thank you very much for listening. And until we meet again.